Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. It's the For the Culture Podcast weekly wrap-up show episode four. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and before we get into the wrap-up, if you guys haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Super quiet week, guys. As you would expect, last week the Colts traded for a quarterback, everything's wince, 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 and then this week things are super quiet. How quiet are they? Well, the number one story surrounding the Indianapolis Colts this week was the controversy of the number 11. Is Michael Pittman Jr. going to keep his number or is Carson Wentz going to come in and buy it from him or just take it from him? And believe it or not, the national media actually tried to put a wedge between the receiver and the quarterback instead of taking it for what it was, which was an absolute nothing burger. And you guys know I hate stuff like this. Like, who cares? It's a jersey number. Who cares who wears number 11? I don't care if nobody wears number 11. To me, I just want to see Carson Wentz play like it's 2017. I want to see Michael Pittman continue to improve and continue to develop. And I want to see the Colts offense be as dynamic and dominant as possible in 2021. But of course... Mike Florio and guys at ESPN and TMZ Sports, they want to create a divide in the Colts locker room. So it's unfortunate, but the number one story this week surrounding the Colts, so we have to talk about it on the weekly wrap-up show, is the number, number 11. Will Carson Wentz or Michael Pittman Jr. wear number 11? We have the quote from Pittman, and then we have article headlines from TMZ and ESPN and Pro Football Talk, which we'll get to then after that which I didn't really want to talk about, but we will talk about. We have free agent news, who the Colts are interested in, who they are looking at around the league, and then some in-house news regarding free agent cornerback Xavier Rhodes, which is a positive thing. We're going to get to that, and that's a lot of fun. But as far as the jersey number goes, I just want to get this out of the way. It was a big topic this week. Don't know why, but for some godforsaken reason, people care about a jersey number. And we also have the audio from Pittman on TMZ Sports talking about the jersey number and what seems to be a really good relationship he formed right off the bat on a phone call between him and new quarterback Carson Wentz after the trade with the Eagles last week. So here's Michael Pittman Jr. on the jersey number and the conversation he had with Carson Wentz. I spoke to him and he was just seeing like how how like locked in I was to um 11 and I told him that I was locked in and he was like that's cool bro because I'm probably going to switch anyway so it went really well and he's just a cool guy I mean like he didn't try to press me or anything like that he asked me very um respectfully and I just appreciate him for that Uh, I think that he's a great dude uh because Lots of guys with his, with his um, status, like they would come in and they would like demand and stuff like that. So I just think that he's a really great dude. All right. So it sounds like he's cool with it, right? He's keeping the number. He wants the number, which I respect. And here's an angle nobody's talking about. 
He probably had so many pictures and videos sent to him from fans or mentioned him on Twitter where a child's opening a number 11 Michael Pittman Jr. jersey on Christmas morning or for their birthday. And he knows parents are shelling out 100 bucks here, 100 bucks there to buy a jersey with the number 11. He also had number 86 last summer. He knows that some people custom ordered number 86 and then they probably repurchased a number 11. And he doesn't want those fans to go out of their way to buy another jersey with maybe a third number or at least a second number in his second year in the National Football League. So I respect that he's thinking about the fans. He's thinking about the children and their parents and their hard-earned money. So I respect that Michael Pittman wants to keep his jersey number. And it's just such a nothing burger. Like, it's just such a non-issue. And the fact that the national media wants to make something of nothing and why do they hate Carson Wentz so much and why do they want to create this issue and create a divide in a locker room and turn a wide receiver and a quarterback against each other, especially when the quotes came out from Pittman, as you guys just heard, and it was nothing. They were cool with it. He said, I don't even really care. I'm thinking about changing my number anyway, but I'm just reaching out and I'm just asking if you want to keep 11 or not. And that's cool. So they were totally cool following the conversation. Here are the article headlines from Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. You guys know how much I hate Mike Florio. You've seen him on NBC for Sunday Night Football. He's an awful, awful, awful journalist. And this to me isn't even journalism. The fact that we're talking about this, this is not even journalism. This is a terrible example of what sports journalism has turned into in 2021. The article reads, Chris Godwin explains why he gave up number 12 for Tom Brady. And then in parentheses, Florio put, Michael Pittman Jr. might want to consider Godwin's good example end parenthesis, and then a Godwin quote, it's the respectful thing to do. Well, first off, is Carson Wentz Tom Brady? Because the last time I checked, when Peyton Manning went to Denver, Peyton Manning was number 18. Peyton Manning was a four-time MVP at the time. He was a Super Bowl champion. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Peyton Manning deserved number 18. So they actually unretired the number, and he was allowed to wear 18 in Denver. And that's Peyton Manning. He deserved it. Last year, Phillip Rivers, nobody was wearing 17 in Indy, but he deserved Number 17, Tom Brady went to Tampa as a six-time Super Bowl champion. You cannot compare Tom Brady and number 12, TB12. Everybody knows Brady as number 12. A couple good years in Indianapolis, people might not even remember the number Carson Wentz wore in Philadelphia. Or bad years, and they might not remember either or. Carson Wentz has to earn that, and he just hasn't up until this point. Now, he signed a big contract. If he wanted to pay Pittman for the jersey number, then yeah, he could do that. But Pitt wants to keep his number. I respect that. And it's just, again, it's a non-story. But Florio, because he's not a journalist, because he's not a reporter, he's going to put out crap like this. From Line Sports, which I've never heard of, but they're verified on Twitter, Colts Michael Pittman Jr. refuses to give up number 11 to Carson Wentz. And then a link to his story. You guys heard the clip. Did that seem or sound like Pittman was refusing anything or was just like, hey, man, I want to keep my jersey? Okay, cool, dude. Yeah, you keep it. That's yours. I mean, to me, it didn't sound like there was any controversy there and it didn't sound like a refusal to me. But, you know, the media, they have to twist. They have to twist everything to fit their narrative. And then this one from ESPN, which is probably my favorite. My biggest concern right now, this isn't ESPN, but it's somebody who works at ESPN. My biggest concern right now with the Carson Wentz deal is dot, dot, dot. 
is there immediately going to be a rift between Carson and Michael Pittman Jr.? Question mark. Link to his story. Could you imagine being this thirsty for clicks? This thirsty for attention? For people to click on your ESPN article? I mean, did you even listen to the clip? So I'm so sick and tired of this in the media. I'm so sick and tired of this quote-unquote sports journalism. To me, this is not journalism. To me, this is clickbait at its finest. This is absolute grade A bullshit if you think that. And what's your end game? Is your end game the clicks? Or is your end game trying to create controversy in the Colts locker room? Do you just want clicks? Do you just want 10,000, 100,000, a million clicks? Because I know it's a slow news week. I know that we didn't have a combine this year. I know there weren't a ton of trades, and we still have a couple weeks to go until free agency. So I know these guys are thirsty for their clicks. But creating a rift, are you trying to create a rift? Because it's not going to work. Obviously, it's not working. And I know the media hates Carson Wentz. Seems like a cool dude to me. They hate Carson Wentz. So they're trying to create some type of divide now. In Indianapolis. I know it's not going to work. I know it hasn't worked. And I know they're cool. And they're going to start working out together in Southern California. But it's unbelievable to me. The media and the sports media in this country. As they continue to twist and pull and make. Honestly. I mean just blatantly make shit up at this point. To get a story. And to get clicks. Because that's what all this is about. Every one of these articles is followed with a link. Click on my story. Even if the story has nothing to do with the headline, click on the story. So Pittman's going to keep number 11. This is what it all boils down to. And Carson Wentz will pick a new number. whoop de doo Will it be number 10? I mean, who cares what number it is? He's our new starting quarterback. Big news last week, Carson Wentz. Big news this week, a jersey number, which really goes to show where we are in the offseason. Nothing's happening. We do have a couple weeks until free. Just saying we have some in-house stuff to get to and to nail down before... We get to the external free agents, and I don't think the Colts are going to franchise anybody. Maybe you franchise, I saw Zach Hicks put this out, maybe you put that franchise tag on Xavier Rhodes, but not the franchise tag, franchise tag, the tag where you get a chance to match any other offer out there. And our report this week on For the Culture is from our sources is that Xavier Rhodes wants to get this deal done. The Colts want to get this done. The Colts want to get it done before March 17th. And he is their number one priority in-house. He's their number one priority over anybody else. They really, really, really want Xavier Rhodes back as the number one boundary corner in this defense. Xavier Rhodes loved the Colts. He loved playing for the Colts. His time in Minnesota did not end well. So he wants to be a Colt. He wants to sign a multi-year contract with the Colts. He's obviously coming off a really good year. So there should be market value out there if he were to test the market. And the goal for the Colts is to not let that happen. So our report this week, as you guys know, we've talked about Xavier Rhodes. Jason put up a podcast solely on Xavier a week or two back, but the news now is that the conversations are progressing and they're progressing positively. So both sides right now are happy. Xavier Rhodes and his camp's happy. The Colts and Ballard and his front office, they're happy. So it seems like and sounds like it's moving in a positive direction. If you have a player who wants to be back and you have a team who wants him back and the conversations are positive, I'll go out on a limb and say I'm very optimistic about the Colts getting a deal done with Xavier Rhodes. Now, our report does not mean that a deal is done. Our report does not mean a deal is guaranteed to get done. All it means is the conversations are positive. The Colts want him back. He wants to come back. Both sound great to me and both sound 
optimistically like something will get done. We still have two weeks and change to get this done before free agency begins. You don't want him to test the market because if you test the market, his price will get driven up higher. And obviously, from a player's perspective, he's going to want to test the market because he's going to want the leverage. He's going to want a team to offer him X amount where he could come back to the Colts and it could drive his price up. And the Colts, of course, want to get it done before you could do that. So they don't have to pay and compete on the open market for Xavier Rhodes. So both sides want to get something done. I'm optimistic something does get done. But again, this report that both sides are happy and it's moving in a positive direction does not guarantee that anything gets done and nothing up until this point has gotten done yet. So that's the news right now in-house and we're going to go through and I know we say it every week we're eventually going to go through and this should be the week where we go through all the in-house free agents from Xavier to TY to Walker to everybody who's an in-house free agent. We do know a couple guys like Walker won't be back. Jacoby won't be back. I don't think Houston will be back but we're going to go through all that this week the big guy though the number one guy in-house is absolutely 100 i could confirm xavier Rhodes. that's the guy ballard wants back i know there's been conflicting reports other people are saying that that's not the truth but that's what we've heard that is the number one guy and xavier loves flus he loves this defense he loved indianapolis and his time in minnesota did not end well so he does not want to go to another team and it'd be like Minnesota. He wants to stay in Indy because he's very comfortable in this defense. And he played great last year in Indianapolis. So I think all parties involved would benefit from a deal getting done between the Colts and Xavier Rhodes. Some updates that Jason tweeted out this week. Some guys Chris Ballard and the Colts are interested in on the open market external free agents. And, you know, a couple different spots. And some of these guys are backup plans. If a guy in-house were not able to retain or something of that nature. And of course, these are all free agents where you're going to have to be competing with other teams. So if a guy you have at $8 million a year all of a sudden gets $10 million from another team, then he's not going to be a Colt in 2021, at least most likely. So here are the five names that Jason put out this week. Trey Hendrickson, the edge rusher from New Orleans. There's rumors he might get franchise tagged. If he doesn't get tagged, he's a guy the Colts are very interested in. We definitely need help at the edge spots. There's a chance that we let Houston walk and Muhammad walk. And then, of course, Therese still kind of coming back from that injury. He's not 100% healthy yet. So we definitely need a lot of help at our edge spots. Could be argued to be the number one position of need. We have our quarterback now. We need a left tackle, and we need an edge rusher, multiple edge rushers. Those are two of the biggest needs on this roster. So Trey Hendrickson, a name to keep an eye on. Allen Robinson, wide receiver from Chicago, played in our division with the Jags for a bunch of years. A guy who the Colts are very interested in. I think a lot of teams will be interested in Allen Robinson, a very good and pretty under the radar wide receiver for the majority of his career. I think he's better than his career numbers show. And this could be a really solid option for the Colts, especially if you let T.Y. walk, you bring in a burner like Allen Robinson, you add him to Pittman and Paris and Pascal and the receiving core of the Colts. Cornerback Patrick Peterson, I think this guy's a Hall of Fame player, great cornerback. I do believe, and Jason said this on his show, that Peterson is more of a backup plan to Xavier Rhodes. And Jason was saying, and I totally agree with this, and I was thinking the same thing, I would personally like Peterson and Xavier Rhodes together. Xavier Rhodes as your cornerback one, Peterson as your cornerback two on the boundaries, and then Rock as 
depth, you probably let TJ Carey walk. And then you have Tell as depth. You have Rock as depth. And then you have Kenny Moore as your slot corner. And, of course, also the second-year player, Isaiah Rogers, out of UMass. I actually thought he looked pretty good in the Buffalo game when he came in. I think Xavier went down. Somebody went down. He came in. I thought he actually looked pretty good in that game. He had a pick that got called back. And then the next play, he had really good position again and almost had another pick in the end zone right before the half. So I think Isaiah Rogers is a guy they have high hopes for in the future as well. So you bring in Patrick Peterson, and you could have really good corners on the boundaries, plus an all-pro caliber player in Kenny Moore, maybe the best slot corner in the league. So that's something I would not be opposed to, but it does sound like the Colts don't want to shell out all that money at the two corner spots, and it's going to be one or the other. And Peterson, you're probably going to have a ton of competition for on the open market. Xavier, we know he wants to come back. Peterson, we have no clue if he wants to be an Indianapolis Colt. It could be five teams he wants to go to before the Colts. And Rhodes, we know he wants to be back. So Peterson will be an option for the Colts. They're interested in him. But if they get something done with Rhodes over the next two and a half weeks, which it sounds to us like they're going to get something done, no guarantees, no promises, but that's what it sounds like is going to happen, then they might not even entertain Patrick Peterson on the open market because they like Rock a lot. And we like Rock, but we just haven't seen that jump yet. We haven't seen that development. And if you want to compete, how long can you go giving second chance, third chance, fourth chance as a starter, not as a backup developing, but as a starter getting those first team reps and playing 30-plus, 40-plus snaps a game? Tight end Hunter Henry spent the last couple years, a second-round pick in 2016 with the Chargers. Very solid tight end. Has chemistry with Phillip Rivers. Obviously, Rivers is gone now. So earlier in the offseason and later in the season, we were connecting the dots. Oh, maybe bring him in to play with Rivers. Well, Rivers is gone now, but the Colts are still interested. So the Colts are interested in Henry. I don't know if this is a guy that the Colts were looking at because of Rivers. And now Rivers is gone, but they're still interested. They like the tape. But if he hits the market, I don't know if it's a guarantee he hits the market. But if he does hit the market, I think he's definitely a guy that makes a lot of sense in Indianapolis. You don't bring back Trey Burton. And then you have Henry with Doyle and Cox. And the Colts love and Reich loves these three tight end cores, groups in Indianapolis. You look back his first two years in Indy, you had Doyle, Cox, Ebron. Last year, Doyle, Cox, Burton. This year, could it be Doyle, Cox, and Henry could it be Doyle Cox and Ertz. I think Ertz will be a possibility as well. I don't think the Colts will make another trade with the Eagles, so they would need to get Ertz as a free agent. He would need to be released. And then if he's released, I think there's a really great chance that he ends up with the Colts because him and Wentz have a good connection. Him and Reich have a good connection. I think he would fit really well in Indianapolis. So Hunter Henry, and then you could also put like a little asterisk, Hunter Henry or possibly Zach Ertz if he's released. And then the last one we got, Sheldon Rankin's defensive tackle. And Jason brought this up on his solo show, and I was thinking the same thing. I think he was right on the money with this. Sheldon Rankin's, although he's on this list, although we heard from our sources in Indianapolis that they are interested in Rankin's, it takes two to tango, and I do not think that Rankin's would come to Indianapolis to be a backup. He's still young. He's in his 20s. I think he's 27, 28 years old, so he wants to start. You look at the interior of the Colts' defensive line, and of course we could use depth, and I'm not surprised that Ballard is interested in Rankins because when you look at the Colts' D-line last year, when we had Buckner out with COVID against the Titans, 
the defense was completely different. Granted, that game we also didn't have Danico Autry, and Autry is a guy the Colts definitely want to bring back, and Autry could play the three-tech if you were to lose Buckner, God forbid, for a game. So we have a lot of position flexibility there and high-level, high-caliber position flexibility with Autry, who could play pretty much any spot you need him to play on the defensive line. He was really solid for the Colts last year, but both guys missed that Titans game, the second matchup with the Titans. They both had COVID. They were both on COVID protocol that week, and we didn't have either guy to play the three-tech. And, of course, Ballard would be interested, and the Colts would be interested in a talent like Sheldon Rankins. But when you're Rankins and you're looking at the Colts, you say, okay, they have Grover Stewart at the one-tech. They just paid him. They have DeForest Buckner, one of the top defensive linemen in the league, at the three-tech, I'm not starting over him. So you're not going to start if you come to Indianapolis. If you could get more money, of course, or you could start somewhere else, you're going to go start somewhere else. So that's a guy the Colts are interested in, but I don't think he'll be interested in the Colts. So as far as all these guys on the list go, I think he would actually be the least likely in Indianapolis. I think Hendrickson right now might be the best option because he fills the biggest need. We need help at the edge rush spots. So Trey Hendrickson, definitely a guy the Colts should be interested. Allen Robinson, another guy the Colts should definitely be interested. Peterson, contingent on what happens, even though I would be interested either way, contingent on what happens with Xavier Rhodes. Henry would be a solid option if the price isn't too high. And then Rankins, I don't think, really makes all that much sense for him. For the Colts, it makes sense. Depth, depth, depth for him. Don't think it makes too much sense. And then also, to wrap things up, Frank Reich spoke with the media this week, and he's not allowed to talk about Carson Wentz. It's so stupid. Obviously, the league year is going to come. We're going to make the trade. It's going to get finalized, medicals, and all that stuff. But right now, he's not allowed to even acknowledge Carson Wentz. I don't know why you can't ask him questions like, Coach, would you be interested in Carson Wentz? Or what did you like in 2017 about Carson Wentz? He can't even answer questions like that, apparently. So Carson Wentz was completely off-topic. This week in the presser, which is why I didn't do a presser review. I was going to, but I didn't do a presser review because I didn't really think we got all that much from the review. But here's a quote he gave on Philip Rivers. So they kind of worded a question about Philip Rivers last year where we could take the answer and apply it this year to Carson Wentz on a quarterback and a coach having a history, having a relationship, and having a familiarity with each other. So here's Frank Reich on having a connection and a bond with an incoming quarterback. It really accelerated, especially in the unique circumstances that we're in with COVID and the limited off season that we had. Um, it just helped accelerate the learning process uh, of the offense, of you know the, the relationship that has to be built, right? Because we, we've said this a lot of times, there, there's a personal aspect to the coaching a player. It's not just you know, this isn't just in a vacuum. There's a personal element to it. So anytime there's a personal connection with a player and there's a familiarity, you know, with the offense and the terminology and what you're trying to accomplish and the vision for what you're trying to do, it can help accelerate. And I think Philip showed that very clearly for him to be able to come in and play the way he did and to lead, you know, to lead the offense and the team the way he did. Uh, I think it helped a ton. So Wright kind of gives a quote about Philip Rivers. The question was about Philip Rivers, but he talks about terminology. He talks about the level of familiarity between him and the quarterback. And especially with COVID and last year, we didn't really have a training camp. It was 
a makeshift, bizarre, abnormal training camp, and then no preseason. So hopefully this year things go back to normal and we have a training camp, we have a preseason, at least one or two preseason games to get some reps against a real live defense under our belts. And Carson and Phillip were different players, different quarterbacks, of course. But when you look at Phillip Rivers, he was not good in 2019. When you look at Carson Wentz, he was not good in 2020. Rivers coming over here, going into the right goal offense, having a connection, having a relationship, knowing the offense, knowing the terminology, it really sped things up and it got him back to playing really good football. So I think we could see similar things with Carson Wentz and the way Wright talked about just knowing the player, the player knowing you, the player knowing the system, the player knowing the terminology and all that stuff. It could work wonders. So I wouldn't have liked this trade nearly as much, and I think this is obvious and it's common sense if another team made it. The Colts making this trade is not a homer take. Oh, well, it's my team, so of course I like it. It's the fact that we have the coach. We have the right guy. We have the offense that Carson Wentz thrived in four years ago in 2017, and I don't think they could pick back up where they left off. But I think we could slowly work back to getting to the point they were at together in 2017 when Carson Wentz was playing like an MVP caliber quarterback. So it sucks that he couldn't talk more about Carson, even talking about Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz. Like, I don't know why he couldn't answer questions like that, but the league is the league. The NFL has these bizarre rules on and off the field. The things you could talk about, the things you can't talk about, the things you could do, the things you can't do. The things you could say, the things you can't say. So it sucks, but hopefully Reich speaks with the media again soon after everything's finalized and the deal's done and Carson Wentz is officially a Colt and Michael Pittman keeps his number and we could put all that saga behind us and we could get in to free agency and we could get into the draft. So we're approaching the month of March now. So today's the last day of February. No leap year this year. We had a leap year last year so 28 days shortest month of the year tomorrow begins the month of march and then you have march you have march 17th with free agency beginning and then april and then boom you have the nfl draft at the end of april so the league year will start to pick up now as we get into march and hopefully the nice weather comes and it's a great time of year because you have baseball you have the nba nhl playoffs you have the MLB season. I always love this time of year. Spring training, I think, starts today. You have baseball on today as we get into more of a normal year. Because this time last year, the NBA was shut down. We didn't have March Madness. We didn't have the Masters. We didn't have the NHL. Baseball was postponed as well. So we really didn't have anything except the NFL draft. This year, we'll have more of a normal schedule plus the NFL draft and hopefully more of a normal draft and these players could go to the location. They could test and do all that crap and they could actually walk up on stage and they could get their hats and they could get their Jersey and take the picture with Roger Goodell. No more Goodell in the basement on the big leather chair drunk by the end of the first round, because that was interesting. And I give ESPN a lot of credit and the NFL, a lot of credit for getting everything done last year and sending cameras to players' houses. But the draft last year was a little bit interesting when you look at, especially Roger Goodell getting just plastered in his basement. I mean, he was as drunk as you could be on national television calling out the final picks of the first round. So 
The league year starting up in a couple weeks, guys. Not a lot to get to. I know this was kind of a lackluster weekly wrap-up, but the beauty of the weekly wrap-up is every week we have something to put out. We have something to talk about, even if it's stupid like a jersey number. Hopefully next week we have some stuff to get to, some signings, Xavier Rhodes, and we could start to talk about that stuff and have more concrete stuff rather than these stupid rumors and talking about other people's clickbait bullshit because you guys know that that's not how we rock and roll on the For the Culture podcast. So we'll be back this week in-house free agents. Guys, we've been talking about it for over a month. I promise this is the week. We have a lot of information now. We have a lot to gather. We kind of know the direction the Colts are going to go on a bunch of these guys and who they want to bring back and who they don't care about bringing back and who they're not bringing back. So we're going to get to that this week. Jason and myself together, we're going to get to that in-house free agents right here on the For the Culture podcast.